Reedy. I am a program officer with Triangle Community Foundation. This is the fifth episode of What Matters, the video podcast. And we're gathered here today to talk about the arts and more specifically how artists and arts nonprofits have been impacted by COVID-19 and how life has just really drastically changed for the arts community since March um, of this year. As you may know, investing in cultural arts uh, that represent the people and the places of the Triangle is an important part of Triangle Community Foundation's um, mission and focus area. So we really care about the state of the arts and our community's artists. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to our guests today who themselves are artists, are arts administrators, donors, um, and just generally like good creative humans trying to make the Triangle um, a better place. And before we talk to them, I want to invite my other Triangle Community Foundation colleague to introduce herself. Thanks, Sarah. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Alexandria Franklin. I'm a donor engagement associate with Triangle Community Foundation. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation um, and to kick it off. You know, I'll turn it to our guests to introduce themselves. Monet, do you mind starting us off? Not at all. Hey everyone, my name is Monet Noel Marshall. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am an artist. I am a cultural organizer, an arts and culture consultant, and I serve as the founding artistic director of Mojoa Performing Arts Company, a Black theater company based in Raleigh. And I'm gonna kick it to Brandon. Hey, uh, my name is Brandon Cordry. I'm the director of VAE Raleigh uh, and a part-time artist when I can get to my studio. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, and VAE is a cultural community center located in downtown Valley. And I'll kick it to Bernard. All right, Bernard Su, I'm a fund holder with, uh, at the Triangle Community Foundation. I'm also a retired IT professional. Um, the, more, the more time I spend with uh, technology, the more I appreciate art and appreciate create, the creativity art brings to us. And also, um, my daughter is uh, becoming. Uh, she's an art. She's an artist of uh, becoming an art student, and uh, and also my uh, my stepmother is a professional artist in Taiwan as well. Well, thank you all for being here. We really appreciate it, and we're excited to talk to you. I guess to start us off, I want to just share some um, some like national data so that folks have a sense of what's happening nationally. Um, the Americans for the Arts is a national advocacy organization and they've been serving cultural organizations across the country since March. And they've found that about 96% of arts organizations have canceled events and more than half have canceled events all the way through the fall already. Um, and more than 60% of artists are fully unemployed with an average financial loss of $23,000 per person. And that's a huge impact. Um, but at the same time, even with all this like uncertainty and complexity, 75% of these artists say that they're using their art to raise morale and create community confusion. So, you know, this is like the national picture. And I'm wondering if you all can help paint a picture of how artists and arts nonprofits in the triangle have been impacted by COVID-19 and sort of what's happening here locally. Um, Brandon, do you mind starting us off? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, art organizations and artists typically use their work to bring people together, and we can't do that safely right now, right? So everything that was planned had to shift. Um, and I'm speaking for VAE, we 
you know, we just sort of closed. Uh, <laughs> uh, we hosted our largest annual fundraiser and, and when we sort of got our heads back above water from that, we just like, oh, it's not safe to, to let people in these doors. Um, and we've never done that before. And we're pretty much all young um, artists ourselves. Um, and so we just sort of figuring out as we go. Um, we did start a relief fund that's trying to help people across the state. Um, when you throw out a statistic like $23,000 loss per person, 300 bucks of stimulus cash isn't a lot, but um, we've had a lot of donors come in and, and give money and we've been trying to give that out equitably just to provide something, um, just be one part of something, right? Um, of hopefully a larger safety net. But I think for me, what this is, and we've had these conversations at PAE, including um, when Monet was there, we have a funding problem in the arts, which is that the funding is held at the government and the foundation and the corporate level, and then it goes to arts nonprofits, typically for program grants or specific funding initiatives, sometimes operations, but then those people are planning things and then employing artists to like be a part of that vision. And there's not a lot of funding that goes directly from where the wealth is held directly to artists for their own individual work. And that was apparent to a lot of us before this, but um, do, the global pandemic has, has really put people at home, put people engaged with their brains and other people in their community. And I think it's heightened awareness of that. I've certainly talked about it a lot in avenues like this, because we have to, I think this is a chance to sort of undo everything that we've done, reevaluate everything we, the systems we've set up and make sure that more of that funding goes directly to artists for their own projects, not projects that, that people, and, and I'm an arts administrator, but like arts administrators, design and then invite them to be a part of. Um, so to me, it's like the, the revenue stream was cut off, but the revenue stream already had sort of like a, a leak in the pipe. Um, and so artists are really getting hit hard right now. And there's almost no way to sugarcoat that. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, Monet, do you want to add anything to that? Absolutely. I completely agree with what Brandon shared. I think particularly I'm thinking about in Durham, um, when the shelter in place and Mayor Shul put the shelter in place order, he specifically named like we're going to be leaning on our artists in this time to keep us at home to raise our morale and yet there is no funding model for that. There's no support, even though there is this ask. So I think this is a moment for us to reconsider how can we fund things differently and particularly because artists have been responding to COVID, have been doing live concerts, have been doing club quarantine on Instagram, have been finding all different types of ways to continue to engage. Um, and yet there is no like art-centered stimulus package from our government. Um, even though we know that in times of trouble, we lean on the art. And I really feel like one of the things that could be really helpful is if we look back at the Great Depression and the ways that we created our like, programming to pay artists to do the work that needed to be done. Um, and I'm curious about what else is possible because I feel like organizations like BAE or North Star Durham that created the Durham Artist Relief um, Fund are trying to figure out, but just like Brandon said, that $300 or $500 is not enough now when we are in now month five and we don't know when artists will ever be able to like get back in the theater or get back into the performance spaces. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing those thoughts. Those are some great ideas. I, I want to come back to some of the funding ideas in a minute. Um, but Bernard, do you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, actually, I, 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 the, the conversation that Brenda Monet mentioned that kind of remind me of something else that I wasn't prepared to talk about it. Uh, like I said, I'm not artist, so I didn't, I didn't really understand, you know, the, the, I, I don't have a full grasp of the, the, the impact to the local community. But uh, actually, recently, the last couple of months, actually, I've been uh, listening and contributing to uh, Andrew Yen's um, uh, uh, narrative, right, that, you know, uh, Andrew Yen, if you remember, he's does a lot of uh, uh, promotion, promotional UBI, universal basic income. And, and I think they're doing a lot of different experiments throughout the country, uh, selecting candidates to receive funds directly from the nonprofit like that. And, and, and artists are definitely, uh, my understanding, are definitely the, the, the key candidates. So um, mm. I've been trying, I'm, I'm, I've been looking into uh, either with the uh, Triangle Community Foundation or also outside, right, just locally, uh, how we can get something like that started as well. So mm. anyway, that's just something that I was, I've been thinking and I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to bring it out today until I just heard what Brandon and Monet say. Well, thank you, you guys for um, sharing your stories and the, that insight, um, bringing it back to um, more statistics. I'm gonna take it to a study that was in the UK. Um, it's now expanding to the US and it's trying to understand the role of arts as we um, find ourselves in prolonged isolation. Um, preliminary, pre preliminary findings, excuse me, have suggested engagement in the arts promote better mental health. They reduce anxiety and depression. And can you share, you know, as artists yourselves or as supporters of the arts, why the arts are important, particularly now you know, I was, we're grappling with the complex challenges of COVID-19 um, and the protest and the social response to the continued systemic violence against Black people. Um, Monet, do you mind uh, leading us off into this discussion? Sure. So I think it feels important to name that COVID-19, the pandemic in the U.S. is disproportionately impacting Black communities, Black, Indigenous, um, and POC communities. And then to double that with the systemic racism and the systemic failures across all, just across everything, right? Because it's baked into the water, it's baked into the ground of our country. So that means in our healthcare, in food deserts, like every place we look, everything is breaking down around race and then the health impacts of that. So then if you look at that and then the economic piece and then you add artists who exist both inside and outside of our current economic structure, right? So you have some artists who are able to make a life and they exist inside of the economy and you have other artists who are not even really considered artists economically because that's not where most of their money comes from. It's really hard to to ascertain like where do people fit in this moment in that story you know so and even in the midst of all that black artists indigenous artists artists of color continue to create continue to make continue to show up and figure out like what can i do in my hands to make this moment more bearable um and that's really difficult when you are both the person experiencing disproportionate harm and you're trying to have a disproportionate 
impact in your community with no funding, <laughs> you know? Um, and yet, Black artists, Indigenous artists, artists of color continue to do that labor. Because I think we have to, like, I think there's an inner thing that's like, we have to, like, we know that if we don't, no one else will, right? Um, there's not some magic grant that's going to come up and say like, hey, Black artists, what do you want to do? You can do whatever you want or just stay at home and take care of yourself. Here's this magic fund so that you have all your healthy food and you have your mental health care and, 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 right? So we, like, we have to do these things. I think my question remains, how do we, and I know we're having a conversation with the Triangle Community Foundation, and how do we problematize, how do we disrupt, how do we shift the ways that we have been funding things for so long so that they can actually be more effective in this moment, right? So right. I think that's a question for everyone who has access to resources around do we, what avenues do we have, what avenues do we need, and which avenues do we need to break? And so we can be in direct relationship and then the money can flow better to the people who need it most. Absolutely. Mene, you and I just talked about this with one of our grant programs, right? Like there are some structures that foundations and you know grant making entities have because there are all of these technical rules and like which ones do we need to break? Which ones can we bend? And you know, I think it's our responsibility to be having these conversations and hearing from folks like you. Um, Can I add one more thing? Yeah, please. <laughs> Even for instance, the fact that if I were to say, I want to do work specifically for Black audiences and I need funding from the state, they, I would have to either find some like language to do something different or I would have to make adjustments to my programming. And I say that, that I find that that's a problem for two reasons. One, because we are in a moment where more municipalities are naming racism as a public health threat. And if it's a public health threat, then we need to be able to heal it separately. We need different healing work for different communities, one. And then two, with organizations such as the NCMA, for instance, they were, when they were started, it was a segregated organization, but Black people were still paying taxes that went into the budget of NCMA, even though they could not walk into the building until the 1950s. So then that means for all of those years, it was a white-only space that Black people were still paying into and could not access. So there is a, in our arts and culture field, there is a, a need for reparations in order for Black arts institutions to get the support and the funding that they deserve because we've been paying into white only arts institutions. And continue to. I mean, we, I'll never forget Mike Williams saying the first black on black show we had like, is everyone be okay that all the artists in this are black? I'm like, this organization is almost 40 years old. Imagine how many exhibitions we've had that were all white. Um, you know, I wasn't around for all of them. I'm sure I was around for some of them, you know, I'm guilty of perpetuating that culture, but our tax dollars go into these organizations who consistently report demographics back to their funders that show that they are not connecting with the taxpayer base that funds them. And then there's nothing. There's why collect the data if you're not going to do anything with it. Um, we have to go back to people and start defunding them the same way that there are calls to defund the police right now. If you can't build trust with the community that funds you, you need to lose some of those funds. And honestly, it would open up more funding to go to black spaces like Monet was talking about, 
because we need to create, we need to break some of these rules. Nonprofit structure was built by white people in order to help white people and it still exists today. And if we don't get rid of some of those rules, we'll just continue to perpetuate it. Even as we think of ourselves as super nice, you know, woke people, mm -hmm. um, we'll just continue to perpetuate it. And it's, you know, we have a lot of conversations about giving up control. Part of control is, is money, right? VAE doesn't have a lot, but I'd happily give up some of it if it meant that we could create an on-ramp to some of these funding sources that were particularly for Black, Indigenous, and people of color run and, and organizations for those audiences, right? Because we have a wealth of them and the data shows that are run by white people who have audiences that are almost completely white. And if we don't fix that, I mean, we have white artists who are super well-funded. Why, do, why does that not work the other way? We have to trace this back. Bernard, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Yeah, I think I, I wanted uh, I, I'm, I want to take a little bit different approach and talk about how uh, how local artists uh, inspire me. I guess during the time, um, a few weeks ago, I was invited to uh, to be part of uh, the art art review community with uh, Triangle Community Foundation, and and during that process, right, I was uh, I was fortunate I get to see uh, several different artists work, and, and and one of the artists, her photographer, her photography work really really inspire me uh, uh, that that her, her work captured really well perfectly the hu humanity connection of the local refugee community that's sponsored by uh, World Relief Durham and 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 I was so touched and again this is during a time that that everybody was a little down and, and trying to reach out right so I was so touched by her work that uh, I immediately went to the website and signed up to be uh, a volunteer and also uh, hope and hoping I also request hoping that to get training and, and become a, a mentor uh, one day uh, uh, within the refugee community. Um, so I, I want to mention that because uh, for me as a non-artist, right, I, I want to emphasize that how I am uh, inspired and touched by the work. Um, and also one last, one minor thing, right? The artist that I mentioned earlier that, that I like her work so much because I think her photography tells such a great story, right? And in fact, I've been, I'm, 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 I've contacted her. I'm, I'm currently arranging to for her to uh, do a, a outdoor family shooting session for me and my family before uh, before my kid goes to college. So uh, I just want to talk about how how the local artists inspire me during the time that 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 is also not easy for me and my family. So I. To appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, I, I love this conversation because it's so rich, right? Like we, the last question that I that I wanted to get to, we've already touched on, and I think it's I think it's really important that we really like dive into these conversations. But you know, I was going to ask you all, you know, sort of, um, you know, what funding programs have sprung up over the last couple of months and, and what needs to happen. And I hear really clearly, you know, from Monet and from Brandon, um, that we need to be thinking bigger and outside of the box and, you know, much more systemic changes. Um, but, you know, I wonder if you want to, you know, sort of talk a little bit about what kinds of funding have already sprung up and, and what artists need during this time and like, there's one or two things that you really want to see moving forward. Um, I know, Brandon, do you want to jump in? Yeah, um, 
I mean, at a city level for nonprofit support, the city released funds more rapidly in order to sort of help um, and with less paperwork involved, which was, you know, nice um, and helpful. Uh, you know, some of the North Carolina artists, um, North Carolina Arts Council funding got moved from program specific to operating support. Those things are all helpful. Um, they allow us to free up more funds. It hopefully encourages those nonprofit organizations to find ways to get those funds out directly to artists since that's our mission. Um, uh, the Warhol Foundation, which I've been hunting down for uh, three years to try and bring them here and get a regranting center, um, this spurred them to double their, their regional regranting so they can have more local um, impact and so we will have a it'll start off as a relief fund here um, and then it'll become hopefully sustained into a regranting that'll be funding that goes directly to artists for their own ideas right um, yeah we've seen some changes the artist relief fund that sprung up nationally and is providing five thousand um, dollar you know uh, stimulus funds I guess because they're not really program grants um, to artists is great but like again none of this is quite enough so what we need is to acknowledge that yes this is a very particular moment and we, we have to find ways to, to plug in and provide a safety net but this has to be larger this has to be a much bigger change in the future um, otherwise we're, we're only going to deal with one financial crisis and the other financial crisis is you know, the systemic oppression that we apply to, to a large swath of our community so Lene, you've already shared a lot, but yeah. Yeah, I, I want us to take this moment as a gift that we get to slow down for a minute and really look at what is not working and look at what is broken and do both like the inner work, like interpersonal, but also inside of our organizations, but also doing the research of figuring out what has happened in the past and what is happening in other countries. We have models in countries that we consider to be third world countries that have strong arts, like models, arts funding models where they pay artists. And so I just, I'm so curious about like in this moment when we are, that we can't be on stage, we can't perform, we can't gather the people, there is other work that we can be doing, right? We can be doing the work of dismantling white supremacist culture in our organization. We've been doing the work of really getting to know our neighbors and figuring out how to best be in relationship with them. And I think it's twofold. One, I, I think that on an individual level, if we're in better relationship with our neighbors, then funding, funding feels different because then it's like, well, I know that actually if I go down the street, I can borrow this. Like we can be in a different relationship to, to needs. And then on a city regional, national level, we can then begin to ask for the things. I think the other thing that I feel so clear about in this moment is Southern artists, there's no dearth of talent. We are no less talented. We have no, our ideas are no less brilliant than artists in New York or in DC or in Chicago. We just have less funding. And if we had more funding, then people would be able to stay in their hometowns or move. Like, I really love trees and grass. I love being from the South. My mama lives in Raleigh. I really love living in Durham. Like, I love it. There's a river that runs through the city. I want to be here. I want to create a life where I get to be an artist and I get to pay my bills and save for retirement and have a family and be here. Like, I've chosen this. I'm not here because my art is no less valuable. So I need 
me personally, and I speak for lots of other artists, we need ways to make a life here. Um, and I really feel like this moment, if we take the gift of it, that we have the, the brains and the, the resources and the talent and the history to create models that can actually support all artists. Yeah. Thank you. Bernard. Yeah. Um this really traditional institution, you know, like what, yeah, what are your thoughts? So I, I, I want to talk about uh, things that I know, and also I also do have a recommendation too, right, uh, from a, at, a, at a personal level. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm a, a, whole, I'm a fund holder at, with the Triangle Community Foundation. Uh, overall, I think that the organization has been, you know, is doing a good job, right? I know that it's a uh, artists and there's a uh, COVID relief fund for the artists and I, I personally contribute to that um, and also look forward to, to, to see right Sarah if, you know if, um, if you guys come up with a new, new way to help the local art, artist community I, I, I look forward to hear about it right uh, and figure out how I can contribute uh, but also as I mentioned briefly earlier that uh, also another thing that the uh, uh, Triangle Community Foundation has, has done and that, that was uh, fortunate to be part of it is there was a uh, uh, art review community um, and, and we get to review at that time a few weeks ago about what 15 local artists work right and then I was part of the process committee to select two of them that will, that will get to exhibit their work at the, at the uh, Triangle Community Foundation and I think that's an excellent idea as I say and I, I hope things like that will continue. Right, so like I said, those are the things that I know is happening that I'm personally part of, right? Uh, both my time and also financially, and I look forward to see any new way that that, that we can continue that, right? Uh, I do have a, a, I guess at a personal level, I have a suggestion perhaps, right? Um, I think 2020 has become a year to remember, right? It's not been, it hasn't been easy for many of us. And I, I personally was, you know, quite concerned about how my children will handle it. And, and to be honest with you, they did not handle it well at the beginning, right? It got better for them because they start doing art, they start doing painting, drawing, and, and I can see immediately how much um, help, right, mentally it is for them um, as well. Uh, the reason I mention that is because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my, my older daughter is scheduled, she's supposed to go to Chicago for, for art school. Uh, this for. What I did mention earlier is actually we are now trying to decide there is a chance that she might take a gap year and just so that we don't have to worry about the, the, the potential outplay in Chicago or North Carolina, right? But as an art student, guess what? Uh, we, she's happy, she's confident to take an art year so she get to work with local artists, right? So which means we, we, we might be reaching out to, to many of you looking for potential, you know, art lesson or coaching or mentoring or, or what, what, what not, right? So I guess what I'm trying to say is there might be other students that are in a similar shape, so a similar situation where they are maybe taking a little time out with schooling, right? But, but, looking, but looking to uh, either uh, work on their art skill, right? Or just overall, you know, as a stress relief, right? You know, taking out some art lessons and things like that. So, 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 so just as, as a recommendation at a personal level. I think that generally fits with a theme that, that I'm hearing is we just need to think more creatively and think differently about how we support the arts, how we fund the arts, and, and frankly, sort of how we talk about them and who we lift up. Um, and, you know, 
there, there is one thing that I do want to name, you know, some of these Brandon mentioned, right, nonprofit institutions were created by a segment of the population to support a segment of the population. And, you know, as we, as we evolve, some of the structures need to change, you know, community foundations, it's very difficult for us to, to grant directly to artists. That's not the way that our institutions were set up. And so how do we, you know, have these, these relationships with the arts nonprofits in a way that is also supporting the arts community. So these are just things that, that we need to be thinking about. Um, you know, we, we are really excited that we just launched a cultural arts grants program for the first time in our history. It's a really small step, but it's, it's you know, it's a step in that direction and we're really wanting to, you know, increase culturally representative arts programming and, and make art more accessible to more people during COVID and after. Um, and even though nonprofits will be our partners for this, we hope and we think that, you know, artists will, will benefit from this program now and in the future. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Alex to sort of wrap us up in the last minute or two here. Yeah, thank you. Um, we could honestly talk about this for another hour to the whole day, um, but we want to wrap up and um, thank you guys for um, taking some time to talk with us today, to share your stories um, and your perspectives. Um, to close us out, I'd like to invite Brandon and Monet to share your organization's website uh, any social information, Twitter, Facebook, um, and any upcoming events that you guys have that you would like to share. And um, Bernard, if you have any closing thoughts that you would like to share, we'd love to hear them. Um, so VAE can be found at vaerally.org. Um, same for Instagram handle. Um, Upcoming programs. Uh, so we have a project that would have just closed called Dea Ki Dea A, um, which we're working with the artists and the steering committee to try and do that as a multi-venue or outdoor um, project. Um, so having a lot of discussions about what does that mean to host these things outside, right? And, and if we can get through those, we'll hopefully launch that as an outdoor project soon. Um, our Awesome Foundation continues to give out monthly stipends of $1,000. We're pivoting to be more focused on um, anyone proposing their ideas that respond to these current times. Um, so we encourage people to apply. Again, it's not a ton of money, but we're, we're trying to create sort of a, a bigger safety net. Um, Collective Works for Better Mental Health is currently in our, our storefront windows. It's a project with NAMI Wake County um, because they experienced an increased number of requests for mental health support. And so this was a being on our storefront, it was a way that people could create art together, uh, quote unquote together, um, but also um, share some of their sort of mental health status um, and thoughts of encouragement so we could break down that stigma around talking about mental health because that's always important, but it's increasingly important right now. Uh, and we have a funding partner who came in and matched those funds. So um, NAMI is using those to support a variety of different programs, um, including, you know, owning up to, I think this is one of the most important things nonprofits need to do is owning up to their own shortcomings, right? And putting some of those funds into more traditional outlets for mental health for black indigenous and people of color, um, acknowledging, you know, sort of that they have a better trust relationship. So I think those are our main things we have. Monet? 
Yeah. Um, so you can find the theater company that I run with my family, Mojoa Performing Arts Company at mojoaa.org. Um, we're also on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, I think the next project we have coming up is we're launching a podcast called Red Clay Plays, and it's going to be all um, like readings and then interviews with readings of Black plays by playwrights in the South, living Black playwrights in the South, and then interviews with those playwrights. So we'll be launching that um, in the next couple months. And then me personally, you can find out what I have going on at monetnoelmarshall.com or on Instagram at monetisart. And what am I doing? I'm doing lots of things. So one, you can throw money and resources at the Durham Artist Relief Fund. Um, it's just supporting artists in Durham. You can also give money to the North Carolina Artist Relief Fund for Artists Across the State. Um, and yeah, and supporting like Black artists. We've been working, I work with a collective of artists in a group called Art Ain't Innocent. And we were supporting Black artists creating art downtown and figuring out what's the next phase of that and how to continue to get more funding to Black artists for them to do what they want and, and make the art that feels right in this moment. Um, and yeah, I'm writing and trying to stay healthy and live my best life. Thanks, Monica. Uh, just a, a quick, uh, I guess, closing statement that I, um, it, it is, uh, it, it hasn't been easy for many of us, right? But I, I do believe, as I mentioned earlier, through personal experience, I, I believe that, um, that uh, the world needs more art, more creativity to make it a better place. And I, it sounds cheesy, but I really believe that from my personal experience and, and also watching my, my uh, stepmother's career and also now my, 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 my daughter is uh, trying to become an artist as well. And I, I'm also thankful right, for, uh, for organization like the uh, Triangle Community Foundation to uh, create this kind of platform and connect people together, right? connect the artists, connect uh, the support people like me that I'm truly inspired. I know there are many uh, like me out there, right? That, that like to be engaged as well, right? So I I I I I, I look forward to uh, to uh, to do more. Wonderful. Well, thank you all. I really appreciate this. Clearly, there's a lot of work to do, um, and I invite anybody who's listening or watching this to to help us move that forward. So. Thank you all, appreciate you and keep up the good work.